It's graceful and beautiful and physical and angry all at the same time. Were you idiot, your mind would cave in and your heart would explode within your chest. This is going to be a shame. Here we go! Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome inside the first uh, episode of Tall Can Audio of 2024. Matt Robinson with you. One more of these from uh, from the cottage before heading back to the studio, getting back to normal a little bit. I uh, hope you all had a fantastic holiday season, a wonderful New Year's. Uh, New Year's Eve around here was it was quiet, but it was fun. It was just uh, kind of the extended family and uh, spent it with uh, my niece, convincing everyone that we had to stay up. A couple of the rest of us were, I don't know, I've, I've seen this a few times, right? I've done this a few times. It wouldn't be the end of the world after uh, a long holiday if I just kind of went to bed around 10 30 11 o'clock something like that but uh she's 11 she was hell-bent she was seeing it and that meant she wanted us all to stay up so uh that's what we did around here and and just had some laughs and and uh it was a good time hope you all uh, like I said had a great one yourselves uh and then yeah it's uh, it's just about time when I finish up here to pack up and uh hit the road back to the nation's capital where uh we'll check out the home opener of the uh, the Ottawa franchise and the PWHL just finished watching the uh, the Toronto game uh, versus New York. New York took that one for nothing to open up the league. And uh, we'll talk a little about that as well. But uh, yeah, it's been a solid holiday season. And like I said, we'll we'll get back to Ottawa, uh, that uh, that PWHL Ottawa game on Tuesday night will sort of be the uh, the end of my holiday season. And then we'll get back to normal. Rob's going to come in on Wednesday afternoon. We'll get something out for you guys on uh, on Thursday morning and sort of get back to normal a little bit. Maybe we'll check in with Versage again over in Italy and uh, get back to bringing in some guests and and just sort of ease back into this, right? And uh, try and get back on track a little more normally there in the Tall Can Audio studio. Uh, make sure you're following us on social media at Tall Can Audio. We love to hear from you guys, hear what you have to think. And then, uh, yeah, make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're hearing us right now. If you wanted to do something nice to start 2024, we we love it when we can get some of these podcast reviews, right? When you, uh, when you give it a review or a rating on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, they bump us up in their algorithms a little bit. They bump you up in the standing. They just make it easier for other people to find the show, which ultimately we're, we're quite happy about. So we'd love it if you'd take a second and do that. If you haven't before, uh, it makes a big difference for us. Like I said, uh, maybe a week or two ago, it's not just vanity, right? It's not just loving to see five stars uh, beside the the podcast name. It's It actually helps us move up. So uh, if you wouldn't mind taking a second to do that, we'd love that. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Sens making some moves in their front office. We're going to talk about the Leafs. Uh, having decided they've had enough of Ilya Samsonov. Uh, some news broke there uh, just earlier today on that, and uh, and we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, but I wanted to start with the PWHL because we just watched their first game. It was really cool to see all the same people that I noticed online during uh, you know a Leafs game or a Sens game or any other big sports event tweeting away. We're all in on this as well. Right. Everyone was online and, and checking this thing out. That was really cool because I obviously am a hardcore sports guy. That's my world. Right. So I know when things are happening, but you sort of forget sometimes that's not everybody's world. Most uh, most sports fans are far more casual than that. And that's fine. It's not a judgment. It's just reality. People watch the game and then they turn it off and, um, you know, then they kind of carry on with their day and, and they'll check out the next one. Or if they miss it, no big deal. They'll be back whenever they're back. Those of us, well, and, and most likely, if you're listening to a podcast like this, you're a hardcore as well. So you know this thing is on your radar. You know when it is, when it's happening, and then you'll decide whether you want to check it out or not. And so it was really cool to see online today how many of the same people are just as locked in on this league starting 
as they would be on a big NHL game, right? Or, or whatever else it might be going on that day. Uh, I think that's really encouraging that everyone was, was you know, it wasn't just my sports bubble. It's, it was a, a far more, um, you know, generally known about event. I think that bodes really well for the league. As for the game itself, uh, obviously, I don't think it was as, as lopsided as the 4 nothing score would indicate. I think Toronto, to a certain degree, got goalied. Um, but there was some concerns before the season started that Toronto might not have the depth uh, of some of the other teams in this league. And, and that did kind of sh- appear to be the case at times after that first wave with, with Sarah Nurse um, you know, it, and that top line that they had going, it, that maybe there's not going to be enough there. Now, we'll see. It's just one game. You don't want to make any... Uh, any grand pronouncements because they did get chances, uh, especially late. Spooner really looked like she was trying to get it going and, and she just wasn't able to. So so we'll see, right? But that would be one thing to keep an eye on. The other thing in terms of the gameplay, I thought it was really physical compared to some other women's games that you see. You know, we're all used to watching these Canada-USA games at the Olympics and everything is on the line. You work four years to get to an Olympic gold medal game and you have to run into the same group of rivals that you always run into. And there's intensity there. And there's often physicality there. I thought this game went beyond even that. And so I'll be watching as, you know, as, as this rolls on to see, is that going to be something that's baked into the rules here a little bit? That they're going to be allowed to play a little more? Um, there's going to be some more chippiness to it? Or was just this just sort of a one-off and Toronto being frustrated about how they were being shut down by by the goalie and some things like that? You know, was this just a one-off thing and the officials kind of let it get away from them a little bit? Or is this sort of an edict that you're going to be able to get away with some things and, and be a little more physical than you can in the international game? I think that's going to be really fascinating to watch. Uh, the broadcast, I thought it looked really slick. Um, you know, it, it looked big league. And I said that about the draft, right? You just never know when these things are new and getting started, how it's going to come off and how it's going to be presented. We all remember that one uh, women's under 18 world championship from a couple years ago that became a bit of a meme online because of how poor the broadcast quality was. It looked like it was being shot from somebody's Blackberry. And this had a big time feel to it. Now, it wasn't perfect. But like I thought the panel was terrific. I thought play by play and like Cheryl Pounder is always fantastic on color commentary. I've been honest on the show before. I'm not always a huge fan of Andy Petrillo, but I thought she was terrific today, especially through the pregame kind of telling the story of how we got here. And she did voice that one kind of whatever you'd call it segment or mini documentary on the history of, of trying to get pro women's hockey up and running. And then just the way she ran the broadcast, brought people in, kind of set the tone. I thought she was really strong today, which, like I said, is not always my feeling about her as a host. Uh, So I thought a lot of this came off really well. Now, I did see some complaints about, you know, lack of of close-ups on some replays and some camera angles and stuff. I don't know if that's a league thing, that they don't have enough infrastructure in place yet, or if it had more to do with being at Madame Athletic Center, um, which is formerly Maple Leaf Gardens. But it's up a couple floors now. It doesn't really host major events like this that that allow for or require, you know, 4K instant replay and, and things like that. I don't know if that was a limitation of the venue, not being able to, to give them as many angles as they would have liked, or if it was just, you know, we're just getting started here. And so, 
you don't have as many cameras in the building as maybe you would. Um, you know, we'll see as this thing moves around on Tuesday, you know, the game will be in Ottawa. It's a much larger building. Uh, we'll see if that changes anything. Um, but that was really the only criticism I saw of the broadcast and, uh, and how this came off. So pretty, pretty good start, uh, fairly one-sided game on the scoreboard, but pretty well played. I thought, uh, overall, and, and we'll see how this goes, you know, Toronto, Ottawa next and, and they build from there now and, and they're off and running. So that was fun to see and, and fun to watch. And, uh, you know, glad to see them get off to a, a successful start. Didn't look like there was really any hiccups and, and the crowd that was there, you know, it was sold out and they were loud and obviously they didn't get a ton to cheer about, but it was an enthusiastic crowd. I knew a few people who were there at the game. All of them said they had an absolute blast. So, um, you know, we'll look forward to, to seeing it grow from here. Uh, on the Leafs, just before I fired up the microphone here, they put out a tweet that said they had loaned Ilya Samsonov to the Toronto Marlies. And I think we all knew that was coming. Uh, on New Year's Eve, they placed him on waivers. And I don't think anyone really expected that at $3.5 million, anyone was going to take a flyer on him. His numbers are absolutely terrible. He just hasn't been able to get it going this year. And that's obviously a problem for the Leafs. It's a problem for him because he's looking for another contract. They came into this year as the, you know, assuming he was going to be their number one, and now they can't even start him. They got Martin Jones starting ahead of him. Dennis Hildeby's been called up. We'll talk about him in a second. This is a problem, and, and Jonas Siegel had a really good article in The Athletic about it that his time with the Leafs might be over, over. This might not be a case of just sending him down and helping him find his game. They may be just washing their hands of this and saying, you know, there's nothing we can do. I'm not sure. I'm sure if that, you know, what I am sure of is once they get him down there and start working on some things, if they can rebuild him a little bit and get his confidence back, maybe in a month or two, they do give him another shot. You know, goaltending depth is is important and they don't have a lot of it right now. Joseph Wall, we've talked about this on the show before. He hadn't yet established himself. He looked fine most of the time and he'd had a couple of big games, but he hasn't yet, you know, shown he is now a bona fide number one NHL starting goalie. He just doesn't have the, enough runway behind him yet where you can say for sure you're comfortable with him long term. Uh, and now coming off a high ankle sprain, what does he look like when he gets back? How long does it take him to get back to, you know, looking like he was? Uh, Martin Jones is not someone you want to be hanging your hat on long term. And you have no idea what Dennis Hildeby is yet. So this is a problem for sure. And it, it I'm not sure if how badly they want to spend assets to fix the goaltending right now. Now, they might have to, right? They might get to a point where they just go, we don't have any choice here. Hildeby isn't ready. Martin Jones isn't getting it done. And Joseph Wall is still a ways off. But I think they want to wait until at least Joseph Wall gets back and you can kind of get a sense for what do we have here? Is he going to immediately get back to playing well? Are we okay in that or do we have to do something? I don't think they want to spend what limited assets and limited cap space they have on a goalie unless they know that they have to. So I think right now they're going to try to ride this out with Martin Jones and Dennis Hildeby until, you know, probably early to mid-February. And then you'll have a couple of weeks of Joseph Wall before the trade deadline, and then you'll have to make a call. And I guess if the losses were to start to pile up and it's clear it's all because of the goaltending, then you might have to do something sooner. But it feels right now like the plan is to wait this out. And as for Samsonov, you just got to a point where you couldn't play him anymore. And there were nights where you could say, you know, the Leafs weren't great in front of him. But 
the last game, they scored five. And that should be enough. And he'd given up six a couple times. He'd given up five a couple times. He's given up over three in all but three of his starts. And you just can't win that way. No matter, you know, whether you have an elite team, a middle of the pack team, whatever, you can't win when you're giving up that many goals. And I thought Sheldon Keefe was loyal for as long as he could be. He kept trying to say, you know, in public, in press conferences, well, you know, there's other things going on and we got to play better in front of him. And it was pretty clear after the last Columbus game there on the 29th or whatever it was, he had had enough of it and just said, you know what, we got to get a save. At some point, you just, you can't win if you're not going to get a save. And he's not wrong, but that tells you where he's at with this, right? He's frustrated and has had enough. And, uh, and so it wasn't particularly shocking to see Samsonov end up on waivers. And I guess it was possible somebody could have taken him, you know, as a project, if you had some cap space, you know, he's an up and down guy. If you could rebuild him, maybe he'd be useful to you. And maybe you take away that option for the Leafs. You don't allow them to try to rebuild him and, and get him fixed. And, you know, the old Alex Gilchenyuk treatment. I'm not sure if we're still allowed to say that name. You're not going to be seeing him again anytime soon. But the joke that the Leafs had fixed him only for him to perhaps not be quite so fixed. Look, you could have taken an option away from the Leafs, but it would have been an expensive thing to do. It cost you 3.5 mil against the cap. And so I... I, I guess it was possible someone might have taken that flyer. Nobody did. He's going to the Marlies. And we'll see. This might be the end of his time with Toronto, like I mentioned. Or maybe they can they can get this going. Dennis Hildeby, kid drafted in the fourth round in 2022. He's only 22 years old. And he's only played 15 games in, in North America. Now, he had a really good first 15 games. I believe his save percentage is 913. Uh, sixth best in the AHL. He's six foot seven, but he's very inexperienced and especially on the small North American ice. And so we'll see. Um, you know, I don't know what, if anything, you want to read into his first practice. I guess for the most part, it sounds like he looked pretty comfortable, but you know, NHL shooters are a different bag. And you know, one of the very first shots he faced, Matthews just blew one by him. Now, Austin Matthews does that to a lot of goalies, but you're not really sure what you're going to get out of this kid. It looks like there's some promise there. It looks like, uh, you know, there might be something to build on, but you don't know that he's there yet. And to do this to a 22-year-old shows you just how desperate they were, uh, just how done with Samsonov they were. And, you know, they have a back-to-back. I can't remember if it's, I think it's Tuesday, Wednesday. He's going to have to play one of those. Uh, Sheldon Keefe said he hasn't ruled out starting Martin Jones in both of them. I would be surprised if that happens, though. Um, I don't know. I, I guess he could do it, but it almost never goes well, even for elite goalies, and Martin Jones is not an elite goalie. So I would imagine you're going to see Hilda be here in, in one of those two games, and then you'll have to see, does he look overwhelmed? Um, I'd probably give Jones the L.A. game on Tuesday, and he'll be the Anaheim game Wednesday. You know, LA got off to a terrific start this season. Anaheim, one of the weaker offensive teams in the league. That's probably how you'd go about it. But we'll see what they decide to do here. But they did not want to do this. They did not want to call him up uh, at this age, put any pressure on him. You just wanted him to develop. And there's a real concern here that it's going to be too much too soon. So they're in a bit of a spot. And, you know, at, like I said, at the moment... There's not any real great way out of that spot other than to to just hope you can keep putting up four or five a night and that that's enough, right? You can 
you can hopefully live with Martin Jones giving up three a night and, and just get through this until Joseph Wall gets back. And then you just keep your fingers crossed that he recovers quickly and is everything that he had looked like he was going to be earlier in the season. But man, it's a bit of a, a bit of a nervous time to be a, a Leafs fan who uh, who's looking at this particular goaltending tandem. Uh, the Senators, though, made some news of their own on New Year's Eve, and they announced that Steve Steos has completed his search for a new GM, and it's going to be him. Uh, and this comes on the heels, you know, we joked about this a little bit, that they brought in Jacques Martin to be this coaching advisor, and he waited like two weeks and then advised them, fire that guy and put me in his place. That might not be exactly how it happened, but that's sure how it looked. And now it was Steve Steos' job as president to go find a new GM. And in the meantime, he was interim GM, and so he was performing all those functions while he looked for somebody else. And then he decided, you know what? There's no better candidate out there than me. I'm just going to keep the job. And it's been an odd month in that regard for the Senators. Now, I, like most people, I think assumed he would keep the job through the end of the season. A lot of the candidates he would have wanted to talk about are assistant general managers in other organizations. And most teams don't like to give those people up in season. Um, If it's for a promotion, often they will let you leave at the end of the regular season, right? Like if you're an assistant GM, it's hard to get out of your contract to go be an assistant GM somewhere else. But if it's for a promotion to being general manager, most teams let you go. But they don't like doing it during the season. So, okay, Steve Steos keeps this job through what looks like another lost season in Ottawa anyway. And then he can go out and talk to the guys he wants to talk to in the summer. And that was a reasonable enough plan based on where the team is at right now. I had no issues with that approach, but it turns out that was not the approach. I don't know why the change of pace or why the change of heart maybe is the better. Like you had to know most of the guys you would want to talk to weren't going to be available until the summer. So that couldn't have been shocking to him as he went and looked around. So why the rush? Why decide now? I don't want to wait that long. I'm just going to name myself without even getting to talk to the people that you would have wanted to speak to. I think it's a little odd, especially since we've heard in the past that Michael Andlauer likes the setup that Montreal had when he was part of that organization where Jeff Gordon and Ken Hughes are both there. You know, we see this in a lot of organizations. In Toronto, it's Brendan Shanahan as president and Brad Treliving as general manager. Um, you know, uh, there's a million examples across the league. And you have kind of this brain trust. And you have two different guys trading ideas. You know, you get more opinions, more insights. And then you make a call. And I, I makes sense to me. And Michael Landlauer had made it pretty clear that that's the vision he had for this. That's how he wanted to see this go. And again, it, to change direction or, you know, it was surprising. Now, as Graham Nichols pointed out in his latest piece at Roman a Day, um, you've still brought in some new ideas. The addition of, of Dave Poulin, who will be executive vice president of hockey operations. I don't particularly like that move, but in theory, you have brought in another opinion, another set of eyes, another, you know, set of experiences to contribute to the conversation. I guess that counts. 
Um, bonus was also promoted from assistant GM to associate GM as long as we're kicking around titles here, I guess, you know, but one of the things the Sens have been criticized for, for a while was having the smallest front office in the league. And like I said, you brought in another guy here, but you know, still sort of at a level below Steos and everyone was going to be below. So he's the president. I understand this. You were going to bring in a GM and then you could hire a vice president or an assistant GM again, if you wanted to, to build this out. And instead you sort of skipped that one. That's a little higher in the, the, the organizational chart or in the pyramid and brought in Poulin. So maybe they just did this from a different angle or took a different approach to it, but it's strange to me. That's the, uh, I don't know that it's wrong. I'm not criticizing it yet. I'm just surprised. Like I said, A, that they didn't wait for the summer uh, and B, that they sort of decided we don't need two different people to be president and general manager. Those were both things that had been on the table and now are not. And it seems really unlikely that you'd remove the interim tag just for the rest of this season and then still go hire someone else. I guess that's possible. But to me, this seems like, no, we looked around. We're just good with what we got. As for Dave Poulin, look, I watched that guy be part of one of the single worst management groups in Toronto Maple Leafs history from 09 to what was it? 2014 when Shani cleaned house. It just, it was brutal and open uh, mockery of analytics. Don't need it. Doesn't make sense. It's not a thing. Um, Brutal trades, brutal acquisitions, brutal assessments of what you actually had in-house and the talent that you were bringing in. He was not the man in charge, Dave Poulin. Brian Burke was, and then Dave Nonis was. So I can't pin it all on him, but he was part of that brain trust. And he was interviewed multiple times and said the same thing that those guys were saying about how to evaluate talent and how to reject analytics as it was making its way into the league. And it, that was 10 years ago. He's probably learned a few things. He's probably evolved a little bit, but man, I, I just, I would have had no interest in bringing that guy into my organization whatsoever. Now I should say, because everyone else is taking great pains to say it by all accounts, great guy, really good human being. Fine. You know, there are other really good human beings who can probably contribute more to what you're actually trying to accomplish. Dave Poulin, uh, look, I, I don't like when he's on the Leaf broadcast. And so that's a great hiring, I guess, in my, that regard. He'll be off my television on TSN. I don't listen to the Sens pre and post game shows when he's the interview. Like I listen to some of the, the pre and post game coverage on 1200, but I tune out if he's the guest. Uh, I know he has a regular spot or had a regular spot on the TSN 1200 morning show. Uh, a couple times a week where he'd be interviewed. I wouldn't listen to those. I just don't appreciate his insights. I don't think he has much to offer. And look, when you are a fan of a team and you watched someone be responsible for helping destroy it, I why do I want to see you on my television or hear you on my radio later telling me about your expertise? Your expertise led that team to being brutal and you got fired for it. Why do I now think your opinion should be valuable? I saw what your opinion led to. So that was always my justification. I just turned off the television or the radio when Dave Poulin was on it. Again, fine. Great guy. It's not personal. 
I've never met the man. Might be the nicest human being on earth. I think the game has passed him by. And I am surprised by this hiring. And I don't think it was a particularly good one. You know, bonus, by all accounts, bright young mind. That could be great. Steve Steos, I know a lot of people were high on. He doesn't have any GM experience, uh, but does have a lot of experience around the NHL. Has worked a bit for the Leafs, worked for the Oilers. I know there was some talk at one point he might be in line to be the next GM there in Edmonton. So look, all that might be fine. But if you were bringing in another opinion to help supplement that group, it I'm baffled by it being uh, Dave Poulin. So an odd couple of weeks for the Senators, to say the least, in how uh, how the Jacques Martin thing played out, and now the, the GM search has played out. That's probably about it for today. We'll pack things up here, the uh, the travel kit that we have for the podcast, and, and we'll head back to the cozy, comfy confines of the uh, of the Tolkien Audio Studio, complete with its well-stocked fridge. Uh, I, we'll probably try and dry out a little bit in January. I don't do the full dry January like most people, but there's not been a dry day since I got here to the cottage. So uh, we'll pump the brakes a little when we get back to town. Uh, and like I said, we'll, we'll get back to normal on uh, some of these things. We'll ask Rob for his opinion. We'll get you some of your favorite guests back on the show. If you think there are names out there that would be good on this podcast that we haven't had on yet, or that maybe we haven't thought of, by all means, let us know. Our mentions are open. Our messages are open on all the major social media platforms. We'd love to hear from you. Love to hear any suggestions. And yeah, if it seems like a fit, you know, maybe 2024 is the year where we add a few more people to the rotation. We're always looking to uh, to expand out that way. So let us know what you think. Uh, you can do that at Tall Can Audio on any of the major uh, social media platforms, of course. We're, and some of the minor ones. Maybe this is the year that, that Threads explodes or Blue Sky becomes a thing. As So far, they've... There was some big hype at the very beginning when they started, and then it's sort of all petered out. Uh, lots of good stuff up on the podcast right now. If you're waiting for us to get more out the door, uh, my cousin Brandon and I kicked around some of the biggest news stories of 2023. That was on the uh, the New Year's Eve show uh, back a week or two before that. Uh, Shrides and uh, Hoffley were on. We debated the Canadian Athlete of the Year in 2023. So some good year-end stuff here if you're waiting for your favorite pods to get up and running at full speed again after the holidays. There's lots up on the uh, on the feed, so make sure you check all of that out at tallcanaudio.com or wherever you're listening right now. Uh, and that's, I guess, where we'll wrap this up. Like I said, hope you've all had a fantastic holiday season. Happy New Year to you. And uh, we'll check in again on Thursday morning when Rob and I will be back to break down everything that's happened over the holiday season. The World Juniors are up and running. Uh, you know, we haven't talked a whole lot about that. We'll get his opinion on the send stuff. By then, I'll have seen that first PWHL Ottawa game. There'll be lots to talk about with Rob on Thursday. So we'll see you all then. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. But now the time has come to go. If this still come was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! Yeah! <laughs> Ugh.